Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Jennifer Sang, and you're listening to In the Lead. This is episode number seven. And in today's episode, I wanted to make the case for hiring more highly sensitive people into leadership roles. Now, I know what you might be thinking. If you're thinking about the old ways of leadership around command and control, having this really strong presence, um, dictating to your teams, you might be thinking, how does a highly sensitive person fit into that? Well, in my opinion, the future of leadership is more around sensitivity and empathy. Now, hear me out for a second. Sensitive people you know, are often seen at work as the ones who are stressed or maybe quiet, maybe the ones who can't take criticism or maybe perceived as too sensitive. But the really high-functioning sensitive people aren't noticed as much. And, you know, if they can be seen for the value that they bring into the organization, they can give a lot of value into organizations and be actually really effective leaders if they have an ability to really understand and hone their skills as a highly sensitive person. So in my opinion, I feel like leadership, we're already kind of seeing this shift Um, away from more of that dominant command and control. If you're familiar with the DISC profile, some of those high D areas of um, or attributes of leadership and more towards people's ability to empathize, to really understand their teams and their customers and their organizations and understand themselves and be able to lead themselves in a way that allows them to connect with other people. And connecting is what people want. People want to be seen. They want to be heard. They want to feel like they matter. And where I see a lot of gaps in leadership right now is around this feeling of being seen and being heard. We tend to put a lot of weight behind people who like to blow a lot of smoke, people who like to be known for something, who are completely driven by ego and power and kind of name recognition and titles where a lot of the highly sensitive people you'll notice aren't the ones that you see doing those things. They're the ones who might be behind the scenes, kind of listening to people, helping get projects off the ground, helping to influence things in different ways, but they may not be the one who's taking center stage. And as a great leader, in my opinion, that's exactly what you need to do. It's not about you. It's not about you looking good. It's not about you controlling people. It's about empowering the people that work with you to feel like they have a voice, to feel like they matter. Because at the end of the day, when people feel like they belong and they feel like they matter, they bring their whole selves and they bring their best selves to work. And it only benefits everyone around us. So I feel like highly sensitive people are great enablers of that, enablers of bringing people's whole selves to work, feeling safe, feeling like they belong, because they have that ability to really connect and empathize with people, and they don't feel like they need to share the spotlight. So this is something that I'm really passionate about, and I hope to you know, have a, a good discussion around this today and talk about, make a case for why I think highly sensitive people are the leaders of the future. If you like this podcast and you like what you hear, I would love it if wherever you're listening from, if you could give it a rate, 
you follow the podcast and leave a comment. Let me know. Are you highly sensitive? Do you, does this resonate with you? Do you think that highly sensitive people make really great leaders? I would love to hear from my community and all of the listeners and welcome to the show. So what makes a highly sensitive person a great leader? There's a lot of different ways that I could go with this, but I had recently stumbled upon an article that I think highlighted this really, really well. And it was written by a man by the name of John Hughes. um, And it's titled Three Reasons HSPs Make Better Leaders. Now I'm going to link this uh, article down in the show notes of this podcast. So if you wanted to you know, get a little bit more in depth and read the entire article, I encourage you to do so. But he talked about a few things that I think really hits on the crux of why I feel like HSPs would be extremely good leaders. So he talks about in his article, obviously, you know, emotional sensitivity, this deep connectedness and rich inner life that HSPs have, and how that ability translates into leading teams really, really well. So one of the Things he talked about first in this article were the skills that an HSP has are noticing the subtleties. So HSPs soak in everything happening around them, especially the subtleties that often tend to be missed by most people. So HSPs live in a world of constant sensory bombardment, words, conversations, nonverbal cues, movement, sounds, smells. I mean, everything you can think of. It all gets taken in. And that's one of the reasons why, and I've noticed this for myself, that sometimes it takes me a little bit longer to process things because I notice I'm taking in a lot of stimulus around me and processing it really, really deeply where most people might not even notice that something had happened. So although HSPs can be easily overwhelmed um, at times, and it says feel forced to withdraw to the background or even leave a situation when it becomes too overstimulating. Taking in the environmental subtleties is an invaluable leadership ability. And here's a great example that I have that I've actually witnessed in my own life is that in working with leaders, there's this one leader in particular that I noticed who was very observant of the subtleties happening in in the middle of a meeting. And he noticed that people were being really quiet, He noticed that people weren't really speaking up and really sharing, and he could notice that they were kind of holding back their opinions. And he was picking up on the really subtle cues of, you know, emotion, um, feeling like they didn't want to be completely transparent. When you're an HSP, you're able to really spot that, and you can help filter and process all of that input that you're, you're getting, and then use it in a way that helps people feel like they matter. Because a lot of times people are feeling like they don't want to share because they don't feel safe because they feel like if I share this, people aren't going to like it or people are going to make fun of me or people are going to shoot me down or I'm going to feel like, you know, just like I'm a loser. Um, Those types of leaders who notice the subtleties don't miss much, and they can start to connect to that. And I think naturally also highly sensitive people just bring this um, aura of like um, calm connectedness. So if you're a highly sensitive leader and you're noticing these things, it helps you to build trust. It helps you to build safety with your team. If you can notice when people aren't 
bringing their full selves and you can challenge them in a way that makes them feel safe, that is an invaluable skill that I don't see enough, frankly, in leadership. I see a lot of, you know, let's again turn towards the people who are the loudest or the people who are always in your face and trying to, and completely driven by ego and wanting to make you look good, wanting them to look good. You're missing these people on your team who have a lot of really great um, value to bring to the table. But if you're not noticing, if they're not engaged, if you're not noticing that they feel like they can be their whole selves, you're really missing a huge mark on the team. Because then we start talking about attrition, lack of trust. Um, I feel like a lot of that is built on that. You know, all of the things that we talk about, all the problems we hear about in organizations, I feel at the crux of that is we're not paying attention enough. We're waiting until things get so bad that people are leaving or people are getting upset, maybe going to HR or people are just completely checked out. If you can notice the subtleties more quickly as a leader, you'll be able to address those issues and start building that trust sooner before it gets to the point where people feel like, well, I don't matter. I'm I'm just going to take off or I'm not even going to engage anymore. So many times I see that because we're all focused on business results. We're all focused on giving more attention to that loud person who is a good talker and has a lot of things to say, but it may be, you know, kind of shallow, but hey, they make me look good. So that's all that matters. And then we turn around and say, what's wrong with my team? Why don't we trust one another? Why, why are people leaving? Again, as HSPs, you are equipped to lead because you have this in-touch emotional presence about you that you can start sensing these things again before it gets to be a massive problem. Don't wait, right? Like don't wait until things become so bad that it's almost, you can't repair it. It's beyond that. Notice things more often, check in with people, bring people forward, create that safe space so that people feel like, hey, I'm a part of this conversation. I'm a part of this team. And use all of your senses as a highly sensitive person to really tap into that. And that is an invaluable skill that every leader needs to have. Second, he talks about processing over actions. So the article says HSPs naturally prefer to process input they've taken in versus taking action and speaking. HSPs are more likely to fade to the background in meetings, prefer to listen instead. They observe and they process versus jumping into the mix early often and often and will unwittingly control a discussion or shut others down. So team members feel more valued as they're allowed to speak and contribute freely without the prospect of being shut down by an overanxious leader who is eager to push their own ideas, move their own agenda forward. And this is another one that I see a lot is that I see a lot of leaders, again, who have really big egos, who want to assert their power and control, and they are doing a lot more talking than they are listening. And especially HSPs like myself, I pick up on that right away. And it it just shuts everything down, right? It just feels like, okay, what I have to say doesn't matter. And it doesn't really matter anyway. Even if you ask me, you're going to do whatever you want. And people can pick up on that. Even if you're not highly sensitive, we all are kind of picking up information, every conversation, every meeting that we're in. So how can you do a lot more listening and a lot less speaking? And how can we maybe take more pauses throughout the day and in decisions that we make? Are we jumping to take action too quickly? Are we jumping to maybe assumptions 
too quickly? Could we stand to process things a little bit more? And again, based on what I see, there's a lot of reacting, there's a lot of talking, and there's a lot of trying to position yourself. There's not really a lot of listening and really just kind of taking in and allowing people to feel like they have a seat at the table. So HSPs are better equipped to lead because they naturally fall to the background, allowing team members to freely speak and share, as well as shine. And I absolutely 100% degree, uh, percent agree with this. And some people, because I am definitely one of those people, like I am much more comfortable allowing other people to shine. Like I don't need the spotlight. I don't need to be the one standing on the podium getting all the claps and the cheers. I would much rather see other people be successful. And as a leader, not only from building relationships, but also getting things done, this is an invaluable skill because there's so many people, and I'm telling you, I see this every day in tech where people are just stepping all over one another every day to try and get that small amount of visibility that everyone is fighting for. And then there's HSPs like myself who are usually kind of sitting back and just kind of observing all of this going on around me and thinking, wow, like there is so much more we could be doing and we're wasting so much time by wanting to do so much and not having the courage to listen more and not be so anxious and eager to push, you know, either your ideas or your thoughts or your projects. But just allow things to kind of unfold and allow others to also, you know, share some of that spotlight. It's just something natural. I think a lot of highly sensitive people do. And I do, you know, I do think there is also a shadow side to that as well, because there need, you need to have some visibility, right? People need to know what you do. They need to know about you. I think that's where HSPs can really hone this skill is how do you know when to kind of step back and how do you know when to step forward? Um, cause I do believe that, you know, it is a balancing act, but having this kind of propensity to want to kind of allow others to speak their mind allows for so much more productivity, allows to build better relationships. It allows you also to really think through problems and things that you're trying to solve. Because if we're taking action too quickly and we're just reacting, then we could be acting and solving a problem that doesn't exist. But how do we kind of listen more and really bring more people to the table so they feel heard and so that we can actually get things done? So as an HSP, you know, naturally, this is something that you do really, really well. I would also challenge you to um, start stepping into the spotlight a little bit more, right? You don't need to be that really loud, you know, um, ego-driven person who just wants to control and be visible, but start making, building that awareness around who you are and what it is you do. And I promise you, you will build so many better relationships and you'll be so much more successful in the long run. Now I get it. You're probably saying to yourself, this is totally counterintuitive to everything I've ever been told because I know it is for me. Like I've always been told you need to be, you know, you need to get what you want. You need to be aggressive. You need to um, make sure you're very visible. You need to, you know, be almost cutthroat in a lot of ways. And a lot of business, that's how it's traditionally run. And that's the irony in all of this is, you know, when we start talking, you hear HR and um, community leaders start talking about, well, you know, people are really unhappy. We have a mental health issue. People need more work-life balance. People don't feel heard. They're leaving. 
it's because of the way that we look at leadership and how we value the skills that people bring to the table. So again, I'm looking at this as like, this is the future of leadership. And I really honestly believe that we're in this transition period already where kind of the old ways of doing kind of leadership, again, that command and control, very um, authoritative is gone. Like you will not survive long in this day and age as as a leader, quote unquote, um, in an organization because we are starting to see the impacts and we're starting to really recognize what it means to be a great leader and what people truly want. So number three that he talks about is resonant leadership. So there is a book, it looks like he's referencing from Daniel Goleman, and it's called Primal Leadership. And simply, it's the ability to soak in all that the team is communicating and feeling about a certain situation, and whether it's verbal or nonverbal, but mostly it's going to be nonverbal, right? And emotional, like what aren't people saying or how are people feeling? And then being able to lead from a position of understanding and empathy. Now, this, I think, is a very strong attribute for HSPs. And I believe this is another really key piece that is missing in leadership right now is if you can understand the nonverbal um, cues and what's going on, you can lead from a much more powerful place. Because again, I've seen this so much in leadership that we're solving the wrong problems and we're kind of spinning around the same ideas or the same um, areas that we feel need work. And we're not really taking really bold action and steps. And a lot of times I feel like those bold actions and steps are uncovered through what's not being said. We can take, again, everything at face value. We can understand all the business components. We can drive the results. But what's underneath it, now that's really what's moving the needle. And if we don't see that things are really improving, it might be time to start really doing a deep dive on what are the nonverbal and emotional cues that we're missing? Because it it can be super obvious. I know it's really obvious for me as a highly sensitive person. And one of the things that I had to come to terms with many years ago was that I had this assumption that everything I was seeing and feeling, everybody else was as well. So I just felt like I didn't need to share it. Until one day, one of my mentors stopped me and he said, no, you realize that you're seeing something that none of us are seeing. And I want to encourage you to bring that forward because we don't see that. That could be a huge roadblock for us down the line in this project that we were working on. And it was it was really eye-opening for me. I don't know why that was like the first time I can remember thinking like, oh, so I kind of see and feel things differently than everybody else. I didn't, it didn't really connect for me at that point. But that's how I feel a lot of times when I'm in organizations. I can see where all the, these underlying nonverbal and emotional cues are coming from that are really driving a lot of the friction, a lot of the churn that we see in organizations. So resident leaders seem to say and do the right thing at just the right time. And he says, this isn't luck or magic. It's their innate ability to feel deeply, process richly, impatiently consider the right words and actions for the moment. So when highly sensitive people are quiet, it's not always because they're afraid to speak up. They might just be kind of taking in all of the stimulus around them, all of the verbal and nonverbal 
things happening in the environment and they're trying to process it deeply. So that's why I said in a previous podcast, one of the least favorite activities I like in an organization is when we have these brainstorming sessions and they just throw a bunch of information at you and like, let's spitball um, ideas. Like I'm not one of those people that is very good at that because again, I'm kind of taking everything in. I'm really listening to what are some of the key threads that I hear people bringing up in problems or uh, ideas that they have. And I'm trying to tie it all together in my head where I think highly sensitive people can get stuck though, is if they don't feel confident enough to share it. So that's something I've had to work on a lot is yes, I accept that I process things more deeply. It takes me longer to react to things than maybe some of my colleagues, but having the confidence and trusting myself enough to know that the processing that I'm doing is really beneficial and what I have to say adds value. So as long as we can get to a point with um, our highly sensitive traits where we can trust it and we have confidence in what our abilities are, we can add a ton of values. So everything we're considering in that moment, all of the actions, all of the words, all of the nonverbal, again, uh, cues and stimulus, we're able to put all of that together and come up with something really great. So if you're a leader or an executive in an organization, notice, do you have people on your team that don't speak up as much as others? And maybe in a one-on-one conversation with them, you can kind of probe a little bit and start listening and understanding what their processing looks like because we're all not the same. There is no one-size-fits-all approach to brainstorming, to even leadership to some degree, or Um, how we manage teams. Everybody has their unique skill sets. And I would challenge anyone who has been in the room with somebody who's a little bit more quiet to find ways to bring out their strengths and their abilities and build their confidence so they feel okay enough to bring those issues or those, you know, resolutions they have forward. You know, I believe that if organizations and companies could truly embrace the differences that we all have, and we're to acknowledge that highly sensitive people exist and that creating these one-size-fits-all environments for everyone to work in, for instance, like a collaborative environment where it's just this big, wide-open room with lots of noise, for a highly sensitive person, that is like our worst nightmare. And if you want to put, put us to a disadvantage and take away a lot of our strengths, that's the type of environment you would put us in. So I think as we go forward, especially as we're coming out of this pandemic and people start returning back into the office, understanding and providing different types of workspaces for different types of people and understanding that not everyone is going to thrive in that type of environment. And if you are a manager or an executive of an organization, be mindful of that as well. Like don't force people into a situation that they don't feel comfortable with because they're not going to feel like they can be who they really are and bring their whole selves. What they're going to feel like is I can't really take being in this environment and like I have to take a lot of breaks. It's really distracting for me. You're only going to lose your best employees. So I find that I figure that the more organizations and companies can start recognizing these things and start really providing better environments for their employees, including the highly sensitive ones, they're going to be able to retain their best talent because a lot of highly sensitive people are extremely creative. They 
have this ability to connect the dots and really connect with people. And if you're not providing a really safe, inviting environment for that, for those people, you're losing some really great talent that can be bringing a lot of value and basically embody the values that a lot of companies are claiming that they want to embody. And we can only start truly matching our words with our actions when we actually start doing these things. So again, if you're an executive or if you're an HR in a company and you're starting to develop your, you know, COVID policies and transition back to work policies, start to un- start to think about and have conversations around how can we be more inclusive for everyone and including the highly sensitive person. Do we need this one size fits all approach? Can we make it more flexible for people so they can determine themselves what they need in order to be effective and bring their whole selves to the workplace? Now, if you're a highly sensitive leader or you're a highly sensitive per- person looking to get into like management or become an executive, as we talked about in previous episodes around how you need to take care of yourself, I think for highly sensitive people, especially highly sensitive leaders, that is extremely important because the more you can kind of take care of yourself and make sure that you're running on all cylinders and you're not feeling really drained or overwhelmed or distracted, the better you're going to be to show up for your team and provide that safe space for them to bring their whole selves to work. So I think, you know, whether you're a leader or you're wanting to get into being a into management and you're a highly sensitive person, really focus on developing some intentions and rituals for yourself on how you can take care of yourself on an ongoing basis. Now, there was this interesting conversation that happened uh, just the other day on Twitter about this topic. And they were saying that just taking PTO every, let's say, few months isn't enough to replenish and really take care of yourself. It's really an everyday intention. So I've I've heard from people before who say, oh, I went out for, you know, two, two and a half weeks. I came back and by 11 o'clock, I was already stressed out again. So we can't look at these big, especially when we're talking about HR and policies, we can't make just these big blanketed one size fits all kind of solutions. We have to really encourage our teams to be mindful, develop practices and intentions that will help them kind of deal with that stress on an ongoing basis, not wait until my metaphor is always the car breaks down. You don't wait, you know, to check your oil and when the oil is completely drained out of the car or wait to, you know, check your tires until they're completely flat, right? We don't want to just wait until everything just falls apart and breaks. We want to be able to work on this on an ongoing basis. So we don't get to that point. We take it in our car in for regular maintenance, right? We do regular maintenance ourselves on the car. So what are some of the regular maintenances that you can do for yourself to help you be a more effective, highly sensitive leader? And what can you do as a highly sensitive leader to encourage your team to take better care of themselves? Are you modeling self-care behaviors? Are you encouraging your team to take more breaks, develop those practices and intentions? Are you guys talking about it as a team? Do you have rituals that you periodically discuss and help that helps to, you know, inspire and maybe motivate someone else to develop a practice. But are you continuing the conversation? Is it an ongoing dialogue and are you guys actually living it? Or is it something you just have written on a website 
And maybe once a year you guys talk about it, or we have these very broad, big conversations, but it's not practical for the everyday person. So if you're a highly sensitive leader or a manager already, start thinking of ways that you can start kind of modeling those self-care practices. And one would be, you know, if you go out on vacation, don't check email, don't respond to, you know, chats or Slack messages, don't answer your phone, don't call people, start modeling that because people do notice. People start to look. They look to their leadership and they say, oh, should I be doing that? Well, Susie answered an email while she was on PTO. I'm probably expected to do the same. So as a highly sensitive person, notice, like, is that type of behavior happening in your team? And if it is, how can you have those conversations to help them form better intentions and also so that they feel supported and they feel truly valued? Because I do feel like it's those everyday things, those everyday conversations, those everyday intentions that make highly sensitive people tremendous leaders because they will notice these things and they will be able to pick up on some of the nonverbal emotions and things happening in the team and use that to your strength. If you're a highly sensitive person, really hone that skill of being able to pick up on those subtleties and notice what's happening in your organization. You know, another area that I've seen that this helps me tremendously, noticing the subtleties, really connecting with people is in my coaching practice. So I coach um, people who want to develop more conscious uh, leadership or want to develop just more mindfulness into their everyday lives. And I noticed this because as a coach, like that's one of your key objectives is to really provide a safe space and just listen and provide that sounding board for somebody. So when you're doing that, you're really connecting with the other person. You're hearing and noticing kind of what's going on beneath the surface. So you're not just taking things at face value. And the really, really great coaches have that ability to tap into all of those other things that aren't being said. Because we can all take what's being said and anybody can really process that. But what really becomes a gift for the highly sensitive person is their ability to easily kind of see what's not being said. And where also there's a challenge in that for highly sensitive people is challenging people on it and having the confidence and trusting yourself enough to say, what I'm picking up on is true. Now what can I do to kind of bring it forward and use it in a way that supports the other person, helps them feel inspired, helps them feel motivated. So there's so many different ways that I think highly sensitive person can use their skill sets and really hone their abilities to provide value to people. And it doesn't always mean that you have to be, again, that loud, really ego-driven, control-driven person that's always wanting attention. You can do these things in more subtle ways that feel more congruent and authentic to you. And really at the end of the day, I think people will remember you more for how you showed up and the things you did when nobody was looking versus being known for being that person that just always wanted to control things, take over projects, get to that next salary level, get that title. People know those people. And from my experience, they tend to try to avoid them or conversations that are being had after the meeting are saying completely different things and you get a reputation. So as highly sensitive people, I think you have that really great ability to kind of 
lead from behind and help people feel more empowered, more supported, more, more heard. And when we're talking, I hear so much in HR these days around belonging and creating this sense of belonging. That's what people want to feel belong. That's how they want to belong, right? They want to feel like somebody has their back. They want to feel like they have a purpose in that team and they don't have to fight, you know, all of their other teammates to get recognition or to get encouragement. That if you're a highly sensitive leader, you're able to tap into all of that so easily. And I think naturally, a lot of highly sensitive people are just generous and they want to bring um, that kindness to people. Like that's a really big driver. So use that, you know, use that in a way that promotes, again, more of that belonging, more of that safety, more of that sense of I have purpose and I matter here. So the last thing I'll say about the highly sensitive leader is if you are highly sensitive, focus on quieting yourself and settling yourself down. And what I mean by that is the great leaders that I have witnessed before is they had this ability to really lead themselves first. Their mindset wasn't around how am I going to lead this team how am I going to manage them? What are my next steps? They really were focused first and foremost on themselves. So they were, they reflected a lot. They um, were very observant. They listened more than they spoke. But as a highly sensitive person, if you can look for ways as you get all this, this stimuli, as you're picking up on all these things, it can get very noisy internally. So it's a really great practice to focus on how do I quiet my own noise, whether that's through meditation or, um, you know, exercise or whatever it is for you. But the more that you can quiet that inner noise, the better you'll be able to act in a way that isn't reacting, but it's more of a way of acting with intention. So you try to remove all of that anxiety and all of that noise and chatter. It allows you to be super present and allows you to be really in the moment. And you can see by processing everything, all of the different ways, you know, ways things can work, ways things can connect, what people are feeling. And you'll be able to really listen to those conversations versus being distracted by maybe all the noise that is happening internally. So I think there's a lot of great gifts that come along with being highly sensitive. And I think, like I said before, it's the future of leadership. And we're going to see a lot more highly sensitive people in leadership and management and executive roles. Um, leading organizations, because if we truly want to do this, which it sounds like there are a lot of companies that do, um, we're going to need to really make the investment and start changing our mindset a little bit about what actually defines leadership, what actually defines success within an organization. Who do we look to as people who we want to model our behaviors after, our culture after? And Again, I see a very big disconnect right now between what we're saying we want and what we're actually promoting and putting our energy towards. So we have this huge opportunity, and I feel like just with everything that we've been through in the last few years and how that has impacted people's minds, and I think it's kind of opened people up to what's going on around us and that we need to pay attention more. So if you're a highly sensitive person, just how can you pay attention to yourself more and how can you develop rituals and intentions that you can do on an ongoing basis that help you to quiet that noise and allow you to just be super present and bring all of your gifts 
to either the workplace or in your community. Well, I hope I've been able to convince you why I think highly sensitive people would make really great leaders. And I'm curious your thoughts. If you agree with me, disagree with me, whatever, you want to connect, look in the show notes. You'll definitely find some information and ways to connect with me. And also leave me a comment on whatever platform that you're listening to. I would really appreciate it. I would love to have more conversations. Are you guys feeling me? Are you not feeling me? Do highly sensitive people make really great leaders? And if you are a highly sensitive leader, reach out to me. I'd love to connect and have a conversation. And I think this is going to be the last episode that I do on the highly sensitive person. I wanted to break this up into a few different parts to really talk about what are some of the strengths? What are some of the things that you can do to take care of yourself? And why do highly sensitive people make really great leaders? I will probably do a couple of shows in the future on empaths because in addition to being highly sensitive, I'm also an empath as well. And I want to talk through what are some of the strengths of that and what are some of the things that empaths can do in the workplace to be really successful and be the best leaders that they can be. So until next time, have a great day. Mm -hmm.